Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Tuesday, October 17th, 2023. And our top story today, the worst financial gifts you can give your kids. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Dr. Jim Dahl is with White Coat Investor. Jim, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Yeah, let's. Uh, we're going to talk about the worst financial gifts to give your children. And look, all the parents out there, they want their children to do well. But you came up with a list of, of I guess, not to do's, things that don't really work for uh, gifts. And, and, and number one on this list, a car. And I think back to my 16th birthday, I think back to college. That was a big deal, getting a car. Why is a car bad? bad not a great gift for a, a child? Well, I don't actually have a problem with a car as a gift. I mean, you might not want to spoil your kids. I get that. I think most 16-year-olds should be driving their parents' car, not their own car. But what I'm talking about with that point is giving somebody a vehicle that still has to have payments made. A lot of parents think it's a great idea to go down and kind of put a down payment down and sign for it and then leave you with the payments. And I don't think that's a very good gift to saddle a young person with a series of payments they might have to make for as much as 84 months. Yeah, that that that's it adds up, and I I guess I see the balancing act here of like maybe showing the the kid, the adult, young adult, that they have to make payments. But you're right. I mean, kind of it's like it's like student loan debt, saddling you with something that could really inhibit your ability to save. Um, and 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 taking a step back, let's talk a little bit about financial literacy because there's a big financial literacy component to this list. Um, do you think most most parents are educated when it comes to the do's and don'ts of, of finance? You know, the, the honest truth, I think, is that f- the combination of financial literacy and financial discipline is so rare in our society that if you have both of them, you can kind of consider it a superpower. So no, I don't think most parents are financially literate. And so they can't teach that to their children. That would be a great gift to give your child, financial literacy. Yeah, and I know a lot of, and just to kind of, kind of go on on that topic, a lot of schools, Jim, they are looking to create curricula, uh, both at the college and K through 12 level. We're not there yet, but there's a lot of work to be done when it comes to understanding finance. And, and you know, you're, you're a veteran and you, you understand, you, you know, you've got a great website. I've been in the industry for 30 years. I don't know it all. And so it's a lifetime, lifetime of learning when it comes to finance. Absolutely. Let's talk about this next gift, um, whole life insurance. And, and we've covered this topic in general on the program. Sounds like a good gift. Give your kid a whole life insurance. It's got a cash value. Why is it not a great gift for a kid? Well, kind of like giving a car that still requires payments, you know, giving a child a whole life insurance policy that requires payments uh, is really giving them a liability, something they got to make payments on every month. Um, You know, parents think they're doing a big favor. They're like, well, what if they become uninsurable or, you know, here's something that, uh, you know, can compound for decades. But the truth is, almost no kid needs a, a death benefit on them, much less a permanent death benefit on them. These policies are almost never big enough to really meet a life insurance need for a child once they, they grow into an adult. And, uh, and then the child is stuck with trying to figure out, what am I going to do with this? Am I going to cancel it and take the cash value, which is probably what they ought to do most of the time? Or am I going to you know, continue to make payments for two or three more decades? 
And I think putting them in that position isn't a very nice thing to do. You're much better off, quite honestly, putting that money in a 529 account for them, uh, just investing it in a custodial brokerage account for them. And they'll likely have a whole lot more money and won't be faced with this difficult decision of what to do with this policy you've been making, you know, $50 payments a month on for the last 20 years. Yeah, here's here's another one, Jim. This one seems logical to me, but a timeshare. And, you know, a timeshare is something where, you know, uh, you buy into using a particular, like a condominium in a nice resort and you go from time to time and you're, you're, you're sharing time in uh, the condo. Why is this not a great um, investment or gift for a child? This one, again, is similar to the car that hasn't yet been paid for, to the whole life insurance policy that hasn't yet been paid for. A timeshare is an awful lot like a down payment, which is the purchase price, and ongoing payments, which are the annual fees. And after a few years, it's not unusual for those annual fees to be substantial, sometimes 40% or more of the original purchase price. And so, again, the parents think they're giving their kids an asset, while in reality, they're giving them a liability. Now they're going to feel like they have to vacation there. They can't afford the annual fees. You know, maybe they're not in the same position their parents were when they bought this. Uh, then they go to try to sell it. And if you've ever tried to sell a timeshare, it can be incredibly difficult. There are all kinds of timeshares available on the market for $1 that won't sell because nobody wants to pick up those annual fees on them. And so you're really just saddling uh, your child with something. In fact, a lot of people would prefer not even to inherit these things when the parents die. They'd rather you gave it to charity or, or gave it back to the person who sold it to you in the first place. And of course, you know, there's a lot of guilt for not feeling happy about getting this gift from your parents. Yeah. Uh, well, Jim, I need to take a very quick break. Can we come back? We're halfway through the list. When we come back, we'll take a look at the other half. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, Jim, thanks so much for staying with, with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Uh, my pleasure to be here.
Yeah, this is this is fun, and and you know, it's a, it's like the Dave Letterman top ten in a way. It's the things you don't want to do. Before we get into the rest of the list, um, Jim, let's talk about White Coat Investor. Tell us about the origins and and what you do each and every day to inform your readers. Sure. The White Coat Investor is a website designed to help doctors and other high earners stop doing dumb stuff with their money. You know, just because somebody earns a lot as a professional doesn't mean they're necessarily financially literate or financially disciplined. So we feel very passionately here about kind of helping people to uh, to make the most of, of their financial means, whatever it might be. Yeah. And, and really smart people, they can be smart in an area or areas, but maybe finance just isn't one of them. We're finding that across the board in our society. All right, let's continue on with the list. Cosign on a home. Again, sounds like a great idea, Jim. Why is it not? The problem with cosigning on a home is you only have to cosign if they can't afford the home in their first place. So you're kind of enabling bad behavior. You're encouraging your children to buy more home than they can really afford to buy, to maybe buy before they're financially ready to be buying a home. And there's a whole industry in this country, you know, the realtor industry and the mortgage industry that exists to make you think that the American dream is to buy a home. Uh, when in reality, a lot of people just end up being very house poor. And it again, ends up being a liability not an asset as they try to keep up with those payments as the years go by. Not to mention it can be really bad when the kids, kids stop making the payments and all of a sudden the parents now may have two mortgages to make payments on. Yeah, I always think about owning a home. I got to fix the roof. I got to mow the lawn. Those are things that maybe some people don't think about the maintenance and the upkeep that also comes with that. Let's talk about parent plus loans. And a lot of people, a lot of uh, parents want to help their kid, their child, their adult child pay for college. This may not be the best mechanism to do that, Jim. Yeah, I think it's a terrible way to pay for college, quite honestly. If someone's going to borrow to pay for college, and I would love to see people not borrowing, you know, choosing schools they can afford, maybe some savings, maybe some cash flow, scholarships, the, the student working during the year and during the summers. I'd love to see people go to college without borrowing at all. But if somebody has to borrow, it should be the kid. It's just a bad idea for the parent to borrow for the kid. That's not helping them. That's hurting yourself. You're better off, you know, being able to help them from a position of strength. And uh, if you don't have anything saved up for their college, you just need to explain that to them. Help them with what you can from your cash flow, not go borrow money on their behalf. Uh, you know, when the student borrows, if the student dies or becomes permanently disabled, the debt goes away. That's not the case when the parent borrows. And of course, the student's probably going to be more careful with their money than the parents' uh, money or debt that they've borrowed. And so I just think it's a much better idea uh, for the child to take out the student loans rather than the parent. Yeah. Again, I, a really great idea. Uh, last one here, champagne taste on a beer budget. And look, we've all started our careers making very little money, uh, paying off our student loan debt, trying to save for retirement. It's really important for these young adults to understand the uh, the, the importance of a budget and saving. Yeah, absolutely. And this can be a big problem in my audience. My audience tends to be high earners. And so many of their kids, maybe most of their kids won't earn as much as they do as doctors or lawyers or business owners or whatever. And so I think it's important that we don't uh, get our kids too used to living on a doctor's salary. So when they go out and they're 22 or 24 or 26 years old, they think that's how normal people live because it isn't. And uh, so I think it's important, however you do it, that you teach what normal life looks like, even if you're able to afford something better in the last few years before your kids leave home. 
Yeah, let's end the, end the uh, episode on a positive note. What's a wonderful gift that parents can give to their child? Forgetting the material, you know, the car, the, the home, the timeshare. What's a good gift that parents can think about giving to their child? You know, I think simply talking money at home can be very beneficial. You wouldn't believe how many doctors I have run into who uh, never had a money conversation at home before they left home. And so they get, they come out of their training at 30 years old and they know nothing about money, about personal financing or investing or anything, you know, get them a book appropriate for kids. Talk a little bit about budgeting, talk a little bit about investing and retirement and insurance and those sorts of things at home so that they're normal topics for your kids and they won't be intimidated by them. Yep. Uh, really well said. And let's hope that the curricula in this country at K through 12 and college continues to get better. Jim, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thank you so much for what you're doing. That wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest? Somebody you think we should talk to? Drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, start with our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRNAM. We'll have a very special guest. Until then, I'm Joe Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. And don't forget... Roll with the changes. Waiting here for you to take and drink of. But if you're tired for the same. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts, so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.